You don't have to be sugar Avery to know that God is trying to tell you something. Coming up next on It's In The Word. Yeah. is in the word a weekly program designed to show you that whatever you're going through or whatever questions you may have the answers as well as the solution is indeed found in the word of god i am your host kenyatta the preacher and i am so glad that you tuned in praying that you're staying safe and is doing well also praying that your family is staying safe and is also doing well for prayer is indeed essential to your spiritual growth and development in fact the lack of prayer could be detrimental to your spiritual growth and development. Hallelujah. And you always know when you have lack of prayer in your life, things start to irritate you a little bit more. Stuff bother you that didn't normally bother you when you were prayed up. That's how you know when you have lack of prayer. So I encourage you as Kenyatta the preacher to stay prayed up. Hallelujah. And speaking of prayer... I would like to say hello to my co-host, the beautiful Samantha. How you doing, Samantha? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. Blessed by the best and praying for the rest. So uh, I see that you got a little Malachi with you today. What's that about? I do. He has a scripture he wants to recite from memory. From memory? From memory. Amen. Okay. Uh, let me get in my listening position. and. Uh... Hey, Malachi, shoot your shot. Make a joyful noise. Unto the Lord, all ye lands, show gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gifts with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. 
Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I guess he must have Christian parents. I, to, I, I believe he does. To learn that, he yeah. must have a good father and a good mother. A great That love each other very much. Yes, great parents. <laughs> amen. So um, what we're going to do is, um, as usual, I'm going to ask you to open us up in prayer. I'm going to play a little music. And we're going to get into our topic today. So, Samantha, can you please open us up in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord God. We thank you for your mercy, Lord God. We thank you for your grace, Lord God. We thank you for brand new mercies received every single day, Lord God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit making intercession for us, Lord God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for life and life more abundantly, Lord God. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for blessing us, Lord God. We thank you for being the perfect Father. Your name be praised in every single thing that we do. Guide us and lead us, Lord God. Your name be praised. Name of Jesus Christ. Amen. A total eclipse has just begun We blacked out the sun Can't believe this is what we've come to So you think that you're a star But the real star has some scars On his hands and feet where the nails went
monthly social commentary. I'd like to bring to your attention Juneteenth. Many people have heard of this holiday but don't really know what it means or where it came from. Although it is not a national holiday, to people of African descent in the U.S., it is of great importance. Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day, is an African-American holiday celebrated on June 19th. On June 19th, 1865, the Emancipation Proclamation, which had been issued on January 1st, 1863, was read to the enslaved African-Americans in Texas by Officer Gordon Granger. The significance of this is that this proclamation emancipated the last remaining enslaved African-Americans in the Confederacy. Wow. While national black leaders continue to debate the importance of remembering our milestones and anniversaries, the freed people of Texas continue to celebrate their local version of Emancipation Day. Through Reconstruction and Jim Crow and a civil rights movement, this holiday is our holiday. Amen. What started in Texas as a way to honor and uplift ourselves as a people spread by way of the Great Migration throughout the whole country. Being part of the African diaspora means that when one rejoices, we all rejoice. Juneteenth has its roots and origins in Texas, but unless all of us are free, none of us are free. Now, during the social upheaval in our country right now, not only do we stand arm in arm in the protests, but we stand shoulder to shoulder in the rejoicing of freedoms. Acquired freedoms and freedoms yet still to come. Remember June 19th, and remember that above all, he who the sun set free is free indeed.
I got a new best friend. What about me? I thought I was your best friend. This friend is different. Let me tell you about him. What's his name? It's Jesus. Can I tell you more about him? Sure. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who shall ever believe Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want Jesus in my heart. Will you pray now? Oh my yes, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. Please come into my heart and save me. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans ten thirteen. My sins is gone. Now Jesus is my best friend too. Amen, amen, amen. Now, if you just tuned in, you've been listening to It's in the Word, a weekly program designed to show you that whatever you're going through, it can be fixed if you go to the Word of God. And remember, if you miss an episode, you can always catch a rebroadcast of this episode. Just go right to our website, and it'll lead you to our podcast. And that's inthewordpodcast.com. Again, that's inthewordpodcast.com. Go on and check us out. Also this evening, I bring you greetings from my pastor, Dr. Christopher Allen Bullock from the Canaan Baptist Church, where Sunday morning services are still being streamed live. Just go right to the website. That's www.canaanbcde.org. Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Go on and tune on in. Now, you know, back in the day when I was a young Christian, I had a lot of questions about the Bible. And I always would go to the older Christians and the seasoned saints to get those answers. And I remember the question that I always wanted to answer to, and it was, what happened to Jesus Christ when he was a teenager and in his early 20s? And they will always give me the same answer. They will always say that if it was important, it would be in the Bible and you would know. God must not think it's that important for you to know what he was doing in his late teens and his early 20s. You know, if it was important, you would have it. It would be in the Bible. And then after I grew up, I seen these same people debating about the way Jesus looked and how it wasn't important what Jesus Christ looked like just as long as he died for your sins. Now, I'm all for that. I'm glad that Jesus died for me, and I don't care what he looked like. But the Bible does tell us what he looks like. And I will remind these same people that they would tell me back in the day that if it's in the Bible, then it's important. I mean, the Bible does give reference to his physical appearance. I mean, in Revelation, it said that he has hair white like wool and his feet look like they have been burned in the furnace. So I'm thinking to myself, if that's not important, why would the Bible put emphasis on something that's so unimportant? Interesting. You know, people come to me all the time and they say, Kenyatta the preacher, is there any black history located in the Bible? And you know what I tell them? I tell them that the Bible is black history. For it's the B-I-B-L-E, the blessed intelligence of black legacy. <laughs> and then a lot of people would walk away and some would chuckle. But then a couple people would come back to me and they would say, well, if that's the case, how was it that these slave owners was able to justify slavery from the Bible? So then I would take them a lot deeper. 
and then I will show them how some slave drivers would edit Bibles and take out key scriptures before giving it to the 5% of the slaves that actually knew how to read. One of the scriptures that was often removed was Jeremiah 22:13. In fact, let's go there. Jeremiah 22:13, found in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 22:13, and it reads, "Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness, and his chamber by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages, and giveth him not for his work." Now you can see right there how a slave owner did not want anyone to see that scripture. But then they also removed Galatians 3.28 where it talks about how there's no more bond nor free, but all are in Christ Jesus. And then to top it all off, they removed the entire story of how Moses led God people to freedom. Isn't that something? And you know they didn't stop there? They often would use these slave Bibles to defend their egregious position to uphold slavery. This is what they used to do back in the day. But it didn't work. For it didn't take long for abolitionists and people who were against slavery to find out what they were doing. And they got caught. And you know what happened when they got caught? You know what they said when they got caught? They said that they only did it to make the Word of God easier to be read and understood. <laughs> Sound familiar? These diabolical evil men who was possessed by the devil went into the word. They actually went into the word of God and removed key scriptures in order to justify their wicked behavior and to further their unholy agenda. Completely disregarding the warning that God had gave in the Old and New Testament about what would happen to anyone who would dare try to add or take away from his holy word. But that was then, right? I mean, this kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. Or does it? Well, if you turn with me to the book of the Song of Solomon. Turn with me to the Old Testament book of the Song of Solomon. I want to show you something. You got Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, and then comes the Song of Solomon. Located in the Old Testament. Now, in chapter 1, we see the words of a Shulamite woman talking. Some actually believe that this may be one of Solomon's lovers. But right here it states in verse 5, she says, I am black, but comely, O daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtain of Solomon. Verse 6, look not upon me because I am black, because the sun has looked upon me. Now we're going to stop right there. Because Samantha, did you know that the King James Version is one of the few versions that actually has the statement, I am black? Oh yes, the NIV, the NLT, and the ESV, and a ton of other versions have something slightly different. In fact, let's look at some versions. Now, if you don't have these Bible versions laying around your house, grab a pen and jot them down and then look them up on the internet later. Because right now I want to look at the NLT version of the Song of Solomon, first chapter, verse 5. And it reads, I am dark, but beautiful, O women of Jerusalem, dark as the tents of Kedar, and dark as the curtains of Solomon's tent. Don't stare at me because I am dark. Now let's go to the NIV, the New International Version of the Bible, the NIV. Solomon 1, verse 5 states, Dark am I, yet lovely, daughter of Jerusalem, Dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. 
Do not stare at me because I am dark. Very interesting. And then let's look at the Amplified Version. This is a good one. Let's look at the Amplified Version. Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 5 in the Amplified Version reads, I am deeply tanned, but lovely. Wow, isn't that interesting? Deeply tanned. Now, I know some people could be working out in the sun that can get tanned. But these same people I know who can get tanned can't have their skin turn black. But let's move on. It reads, O daughter of Jerusalem, I am dark, like the tents of Kedar, like the beautiful curtain of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am deeply tanned. Isn't that something? Now, why would the translator of these versions not write black? Why would they write dark and tanned? Why would they do that? I mean, why would they omit the word black where the original Hebrew word right there is sychar, which means black and not very dark? Why did the translators of some of these new versions that we have in our hands today and then even in some of our churches, why did they feel the need to omit the word black from the book of the Song of Solomon? You know why? Well, we're going to look at that next week on another groundbreaking episode of It's In The Word. But for right now, I'm going to ask Miss Jarena Payne to please pray us out. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you see our hearts. And Lord, you will reward accordingly. The last will be first and the first will be last. And we thank you that the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Thank you, Father, that we, Father, have direct access to you. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Freedom many of our ancestors never got a chance to see, Father, on this side, God. Father, we will not be afraid or discouraged, Heavenly Father, because of what is going on around us, Father. Because we know that you are with us everywhere that we go. We will continue meditating on your word day and night, being careful to do all that is written in it as many of our black ancestors, Father. All they had, Father, was you, Lord Jesus, hope and a hymn and a prayer. And God, we thank you in the name of Jesus that decades later, the same still applies to us. And as our ancestors, Heavenly Father, we celebrate them, God. We celebrate their black excellence, Father, and our black history. We want to thank you, God, because you are a preserver of our souls, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we are just passing through this wicked world, God, making a mark while we're here for Jesus Christ as we contend for the faith, God. We are confident in the name of Jesus that as we lie on our dying bed and take our last breath, we shall, as Dr. King says, God, overcome. And if that is the day, Father, on our dying bed, God, we thank you that we will overcome because we will be passing from life to life, life everlasting with Jesus Christ as we sing you, Father, hymns and songs of joy and gratitude as we reverence and worship you all day long. Lord, cause love to abound in our hearts. And we want to say, Father, for this Black History Month, God, and we thank you for preserving us. In Jesus' name, amen.
be great.